everybody and welcome to my Who Got An Earlier podcast. My name is Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and inspiration. And with all the work that I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self-care and your well-being. So, wowie, can you believe it? We are on to season two of our Early Years podcast. <gasps> Never would I have thought, as I sat a few months ago in a spare bedroom with my two cats around me, that we would be at this point where we've got a thousand people listening to the podcast per week. It's just incredible. Because my aim is to create as much professional development training as we can that's available for free or it's low cost. Because when I was struggling, I didn't really have anywhere to turn. And the only options that were available at the time were very costly. And I know that budgets are even tighter now than they were back then. So I want to make sure that you've got the help and support that you need to help you flourish, to help you feel empowered and make sure that you're confident in your practice, but you're looking after yourself as well. So do leave an honest review over on iTunes too. That really helps with our ranking. Um, and yeah, the more people we can have, the better impact um, we can have on well-being. So today's podcast is going to look at summer thinking about how we can embrace summer, how we can enjoy it. And we're going to start by taking some inspiration from the Swedes. So around the 21st of June is midsummer. And midsummer in Sweden feels like the sun never sets. In fact, it doesn't in Northern Sweden. They have 24 hours of daylight. And this is a huge thing to celebrate. This is a time when families and communities and friends come together and join in with a whole host of activities. And I think we could take some inspiration from what they do and we could maybe put some of it into our own personal life to improve our summer and bring us more joy. So let's find out a little bit more about it, shall we? So traditionally, this was a time of year where the Swedes felt right back in the 1500s that it was a sign of good fertility. You know, nature was in bloom. And so what they would do is they would dress up in green outfits and they would get together, they would decorate their houses and their farms in green foliage and celebrate this time of high fertility. As we move through the ages and we have a look at the industrial time, we can see that often the workers in mills and factories would be given a special feast of pickled herring at midsummer. And then as the years have continued, midsummer has been, it's become such a huge celebration. It's the second biggest celebration that happens in Sweden. Christmas is first. So you can see what a priority it has on everyday life. So what do they do and how do they celebrate in Sweden today? Well, for many Swedes, this time of year marks the start of many long holidays. Schools break up for five weeks. Scandinavians often pack up and they get ready to leave the city for a good two week vacation or more. 
And so many head off into the countryside, others decide to take their holidays elsewhere in the world. Now this year, interestingly, there's been um, a big push on Swedes actually using the train to travel around on for their holidays because they're very conscious about the impact that their life is having on the um, climate that we have. And so if we have a look at the CO2 levels um, involved when we take a simple um, flight compared to a train journey, we can see that a single flight from Stockholm to Gothenburg they're the two main cities in Sweden, generates as much CO2 as 40,000 train journeys. So that really gives us um, some food for thought as well, doesn't it, with how we spend our summer and how we travel to the different destinations that we go to. So what else do they do apart from traveling and going on holiday? Well, it's actually a time of year when the families come together and they embrace those traditional events like maypole dancing, and making floral crowns. These are often created when nature's in full bloom and they'll hang the garlands and crowns on their heads and around their homes. It's also a time when they get together and enjoy picnics in the local park, usually indulging in some sweet treats. The family comes together and they have a traditional meal. We can see on the menu that for starter, pickled herring still has an important place here, just like it did in the industrial times. So they will have for their starter, herring and boiled new potatoes with fresh dill and sour cream and chives, followed by perhaps a grilled dish of spare ribs and salmon. And then lastly, because we know the Scandinavians have a sweet tooth, strawberries and cream. It sounds delicious. Think. I'm not sure to be honest about the pickled herring. I've never tried it. But I would never say never. So next time I'm over there, I will give it a try and let you know. Um, so there's other traditions that go on as well. So um, years gone by, it was sort of a folklore tale that if young women picked up seven different species of flower and put them under their pillow on midsummer night, that night they would dream about their future husband. So it sounds as though it's all full of romance this time of year. But actually, funnily enough, if we look at the divorce statistics in Sweden, we can see that during midsummer, this is when the divorce rates go up quite considerably. Um, and that's because most of the time during the year, Swedes are very sociable. They love going out to societies and clubs and doing hobbies on an evening and on a weekend. But maybe as a couple, they're not spending that much time, just the two of them together. But yet, they'll go on a beach holiday for two weeks and it'll just be the two of them for that whole time. And perhaps it's boredom, I don't know. But sometimes these... Um, Couples come back from the holiday and sadly get a divorce. They decide that marriage isn't right for them. So it's not all singing or dancing, I, I, I think, when we look at that. Um, so what can we do? What can we do to really embrace summer? I often hear early educators saying, summer term, it's such a busy one. We've got reports to write. We've got transition to think about. We've got data to look at oh, there's just so much to do. And I can't wait for the seven week half term to be over with and then we can go on holiday. 
yet we're, we're wasting our life. That's seven weeks of our life when the sun might be shining. I know it might be raining as well, but it's seven weeks when we could be out doing lovely things and making memories and creating everyday joy, but yet we're saving it all up just for the weekend. And I want us to move away from that. I want us today to write a bucket list of things that we would love to experience or be part of this summer. And then get your diary. If it's on your phone, pick it up and start adding these moments into your everyday. And then you know that you're going to have the best summer ever. So what might you pop onto your summer bucket list? Well, obviously, it's a very personal thing and it depends what the interests are of you and your family and your group of friends. But here are just a few ideas to get you started with. So making some lavender soap. This is not only environmentally friendly, but it's a lovely way to take some nature from the garden and use it in a different way. You could also try adding the lavender to your Play-Doh as well to create a different scent to it. I love baking. It's a lovely thing to do with young children. So how about making some lemon shortbread biscuits and enjoying these as a nice treat with a cup of tea? Maybe you'll go foraging for berries or mushrooms and do some cooking or jam making with them. I like as well to go on summer hikes, places that I've never been before. Um, I was in the Lake District last week and it was great because just walking up a fell that was really tricky, <laughs> just wanted to add that in there, it really challenged me. But in the process of challenging me, it made me focus on myself. I had to focus on my breathing, the way my muscles felt as my legs were going up the steepest of steep hills. And that was good for me. Might not have felt it right at that moment in time, but it, it really was good for me because it made me switch off from work, from anything else that was worrying me. And I was giving time to me. And then when I reached the top of that fell, that feeling of accomplishment that I had just was amazing. Sitting at the top, seeing a gorgeous view of the lake beneath me, eating um, you know, a really lovely sandwich and doing it with some of my favorite people in the world. What more could I ask for? So get outside, go hiking, see new places by foot or get on a train. Take a train to somewhere that you've never been before. See it as an adventure. I like maps. I'm fascinated in them. So I love looking and thinking, oh, where could I go? Plotting adventures and trips. Maybe leave some maps out for your children to see and discover as well and encourage some talk. Um, eating outside, having barbecues, picnics, simply just taking your breakfast out on a sunny Sunday morning or your cup of tea and just soaking in the, the natural surroundings. Um, and then lastly, I've got about stargazing. So um, this is another one of my interests. Don't know if it fascinates you or not, but I've always been interested in space and I've been very lucky to visit some of the um, dark sky preserves in the world. Um, so I've been to the Grand Canyon and Jasper National Park in Canada and Utah and the night sky has just been so incredible. Um, the view of the stars from the naked eye, just breathtaking and it gives me a hunger to know more about space so I can try and understand it better. 
Um, so yeah, try and use your evenings to go for a leisurely stroll, maybe somewhere where you've not got as many street lights and yeah, soak up the night sky. So there are a few ideas for you, but I would love it if you can make your own bucket list. See what, what adventures you can go on, what new memories you can make this year. And don't forget to tell me all about them. If you've listened to this podcast and you've tried something new as a result of it, send me a direct message. I will reply with a video just to warn you. Um, but I always like to know, like to know what actions you've taken from doing some of my training or listening to some of my podcasts. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're new, you're new to me, then do give me a follow over on Instagram. I don't know if you know this, but every morning at 7am, I have a morning live show. So I come on live and I talk. I talk about things that are to do with early years, things to do with well-being. And during the month of June, I'm actually doing a book club about who go in the early years every day focusing on a different section of the book and we look at it together and we think about what actions we can take as a result of it and there's a free workbook as well that goes with this to support your daily um, gratitude and the daily work that we're doing and this can all be downloaded from my website so do check the show notes for that okay well i'm going to head off now um, but i hope you have a really lovely weekend and i look forward to being with you again next week Okay, take care. Bye.